Hello and welcome to Case Reopen. I'm your host, Tyler Shrees. This is the number one Detective Conan Rewatch podcast. And not missing a beat, the man who's been here every episode and hasn't missed 30 plus Conan episodes. Kyle Bradford, you're back. How's it going? I'm back. It's me. It is Kyle for real this time. It's not Colleen doing one of her excellent impressions, but she's here too. <laughs> Hi. She's here too. <laughs> yep. I'm back. Again. So we have a three-part episode here, which is pretty interesting. We haven't had a three-parter in quite a while. And this is the Magic Lover's murder case. Kyle, you're engaged. Have you ever had a magic lover? I don't know what that entails. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. You tell me, big boy. I've never experienced magic in my life. All right, so no magic in the bedroom for Kyle. Uh, you, <laughs> you can send your condolences to his fiance on Twitter. <laughs> what? I'm not actually even engaged. Are you not? No, I am. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to play into the We're bit. We're starting I didn't, with the lies. Again. I didn't expect you to believe it so quickly. <laughs> Well, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, I could have swore you were engaged. I've been played. The first part of this is episode 132, and it's subtitled, The Case. I like how Clever. they always give these stupid subtitles to the multi-part episodes, and they're always very direct. This originally aired January 25th, 1999, and we're in 1999, Kyle. We're very close. We're almost caught up with Conan. That's the year of Tony Hawk. <laughs> Conan says that today's the first three-parter in a long time, a.k.a. springs forth from a magic show. So the episode begins with Sonico showing Ron and Conan, who's wearing a mask, a magic trick, while Koguro drives a rental car. Sonico has Ron tie a knot on a red string and put it in the middle of her palm with a ring right next to it. Sonico puts a handkerchief over top of it, and when she removes it, the ring went through the string... And Ron is very impressed by this trick, and we learn that they're headed to a lodge where the Magic Club is gathering. Kyle, were you surprised that Sonica now has an interest in magic? I was so let down by how this episode started, just to find out Sonico is a magician dork. To know that it's like a whole trio of episodes focused around magician dorks. I was so sad. Magic lovers. You know, one person's magic dork is a magic lover. I thought it was about, like, you know, being in love. It is. We get, a, we get quite the romance between Sonico and an internet guy. An internet guy? It goes yeah. great. It really does. So Sonico explains that she met everybody online, and Ron expresses surprise at her sudden interest in both the internet and magic. This is like a very 1990s episode, because everybody's like, wowed at the thought of the internet and like are surprised that somebody would be online very dated you met a person on the internet yeah it was hilarious later on where on the radio they were saying you know this guy was a heavy internet user <laughs> now that just describes you know everybody heavy internet user too online sonica explains that she met a guy through it named katsuki doito and that he's a member of the club his language is refined, his jokes have wit, and sometimes he says things that just stay in your mind. Sonica is gushing over him and imagining this hunky guy in her head, but she's never met him. 
and uh, she really wants to impress him with the trick she's learned. However, Kenan says that she won't impress him because the trick is often shown on television for beginners, and he says that she passed a knot through the ring and pulled it with her thumb to make it come out the other side. Sonica says that Conan is as obnoxious as ever, and Ron says he's been in a bad mood ever since she wanted to attend the Magic Club. I like this beginning. I always like seeing Sonico and Ron interact, and then Conan's clearly jealous that Ron's staying over, so I think that's a cute little dynamic. Conan looks so cute in his little mask. Conan's also in a bad mood, but he was just so like depressed about having a, the flu or whatnot. Props to him, you know? Well, actually, I don't know. Conan, wearing a mask, doesn't he know that masks are more dangerous for you than the flu or any sickness? Sonica then reveals that she's been pretending to be a 30-year-old man online and that Ron is her, his girlfriend that she's bringing. So, uh, Kyle, have you ever, did you used to go into the chats and pretend that you were a girl? Maybe e-date? Get into some... Have some cyber. I've never done that, but I've often pretended to be a lady on Xbox Live. Oh, like on voice chat? Yeah, like on the regular. What was your? What, what would you sound like? Oh, I just sound like this. So you say you were a chick? Yeah. How? That's how it would go. I would just say Did it. Did anybody buy it? Yeah. I would get like dates and people would buy me things. It's pretty cool. Are you for real? No. Okay. Oh. I was about to ask, what was the benefit Getting of stuff. doing that? Because <laughs> you know all the gamer boys, they'll get you stuff. You didn't even get stuff, and all you'd get from that is harassment anyhow. No, gamers are respectful, dude. You don't you don't understand. What kind what games are you playing? Are you playing the real games? <laughs> Kyle left the podcast and now he's just like sarcastic and he, he can't be earnest. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll never have an earnest exchange on this podcast ever again. Yeah, we switched I'm just roles. Yeah, this whole episode, I'm lying. <laughs> it's not it's not sarcasm. It's just me lying and being a dick. <laughs> what can I say, dude? I'm Dark Master. I'm it's Dark Master. Laughs. Colleen, have you ever pretended to be a man? She pretends to be me all the time. No. And I probably... <laughs> oh, okay. I mean... I pretend to be you pretending to be a woman. Oh, that makes sense. Very cool of you then. <laughs> okay, I'm glad it does. <laughs> it didn't make sense when I was saying I don't it. understand. It makes sense to me. Awesome. What about you, Tyler? No, I'm confident <laughs> in myself. And Dudes Rock 2020 is our year. It's been going splendid. So, <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> Sonica has been going by the username of Apprentice Magician, while Katsuki is called the Red Herring. She only knows his real name through an email exchange and is excited to finally meet everybody. On the way to the lodge, Kogoro smells something odd, and then Conan sneezes as a result. Uh, this is never brought up again. Do you guys know what he smelled there? No. Because he just starts sniffing for some reason. I don't know. The woods? He smelled a mystery. I thought maybe he smelled like some woman's perfume or something, but it's never brought up again. It's a very odd scene, like, looking back on it. I don't know why they had him, like, start sniffing stuff. Maybe Kogoro has, like, a spider sense for murder, but it's, like, smells. Okay. I can get behind that. They then arrive in the man at the door named Yoshinori Eira, 
who is the silent ventriloquist, immediately recognizes Sonico as Apprentice Magician. God, I hate all of these characters. <laughs> Why? Do you hate the world of magic? The silent ventriloquist. <laughs> what? Did you not have a cool internet name? I was Dark Master. <laughs> you weren't Silly Boy? To what? One of the other usernames in uh, one of the versions was Silly Boy. It made no sense. Oh, that would have been badass. <laughs> he said that by the way Sonico spoke, that she was clearly a girl pretending to be an older man. Everybody else in the room agrees, and we meet a woman named Nalko Kuroda, who goes by Illusion. She says it was quite funny. We then learn from the fake child, who is Kikue Tanaka, that the disappearing bunny, whose real name is Toshiya Hamano, used to pretend to be a girl. Kuroda was embarrassed by this, as she used to talk to him about intimate things, such as underwear. What kind of conversations do you think they were having about underwear? Like, ooh, totally like, normal ones. I wear panties. Ooh, tell me more, girl. What's the thread count, baby? Yeah, well, like, what kind do you get? Yeah. Haynes? Calvin Klein? Fruit of the Loom? What's another underwear brand? I think you named them all. Oh, that's all. <laughs> we're also introduced to a very creepy-looking part-time worker at the lodge whose name is Ko- Kiyohiro Shugama. This guy gave me the creeps. Haunted Aura. Haunted Aura. Yeah, he has a serial killer vibe to him. I was thinking Frankenstein's monster. You think he looks like Frankenstein's monster? Mm. He wasn't no, green. No, not necessarily looks like him. What it's a drag. He's sort of like that deadpan look. He looks like he was stitched together dead body parts. <laughs> Sonico asks about Kasuki just as he starts coming down the steps and she's excited to finally see him. However, her dream is killed when he turns out to be an overweight man. And she's just completely crushed by this. Ron and Kogoro are then spoken to by a ray. And Kogoro threatens the man not to lay a hand on his daughter or Sonico. And Conan tries to sneak on inside, but Kogoro catches him. And he says that they're going home since Conan has a cold. So it looks like for a moment here that Conan's not going to be in the episode. And this would have actually been really interesting to me to just have a case where Conan's not at the forefront. So I was kind of disappointed that he does come back very shortly uh spoiler but uh yeah i was kind of let down by that because i was kind of like really into that idea has that happened before this feels sort of familiar no they haven't done that yet but if they were like they would probably do it in one episode what am i thinking of am i thinking of like the other cabin one where sonico and ron go and see friends not like a three-parter that makes sense Mm it would probably be hard to surround a mystery without it (laughs) fair enough Tanaka says that the only ones left to arrive are the Escape King, who is the board's leader, and the Dark Master. Man, Sakai's gonna <laughs> join up. What an epic AIM username that is, you know? All it needs is like a like an XX and like a 69 at the end or something. That'd be pretty cool. XX Dark Master, XX420. Yeah. Cool dude. What would be the like the music lyrics on their away message? Um, maybe the Conan theme. Probably Huba Stink. Ah, uh, yeah, good choice. What's Sonico is surprised that the Dark Master is coming and finds him strange since he's always saying that he can hide himself at will and that he can fly through the sky. <laughs> Aro says that he has the Escape King's number and knows his real name, so he tries calling him. 
However, he gets in an answering machine, and we see him dead at his desk with a message on his computer that says he's only the first death, and it's all signed by the Dark Masters. Kyle, you killed this dude. It had to happen. Ara says he and Shigama will prepare food and tells everybody to go to their room and get situated while they wait. Ron and Sonico admire the view from their balcony, and Sonico is disappointed that Katsuki doesn't look like she imagined. Sugama then taps on Ron's shoulder and just completely terrifies the poor girl, but he just says that dinner's ready, which I thought was very funny. I wish Ron would have, like, just roundhouse kicked him. Sonico then says it doesn't matter because in the end, she only loves one man, which is her prince, who she hasn't met yet. He's coming. Are you still annoyed by Sonica being boy boy crazy, Kyle? Uh, I'm not annoyed by her being like boy crazy. I'm a I'm annoyed by her being shallow. Are you really Are you really shallow if you're into magic dorks? I mean, I'm not saying that she doesn't have bad tastes already. You know, you can have bad tastes and still be shallow. Like what? Uh, who's the guy that she was? Uh, Kiyohiro is that his name? No, that's the weird dude, Katsuki. Yeah, Katsuki. Whenever Katsuki shows up, she's present she's preventing herself from having a happy life with this guy. Wow. <laughs> Ironically, he is her dream guy. Nah. I don't know about that. Yeah. She she loves the way he talks. She thinks he's hilarious. She's preventing herself from happiness, dude. Yeah. Take a note to our female listeners. You're preventing yourself from happiness, not sliding into my DM. No, I'm joking. Please do not message me. You don't mean that. Please do not message me. (laughs) Listen, just give the fat guy a chance. Give him a chance. In the car, Conan asks Kogura what they're having for dinner, and he says that he'll make him some rice later. Kogura then turns on the radio and hears that a 41-year-old man named Tsutomu Tishiyama was found dead in his apartment. They learn about the message on the computer and that he was going to be at the weekend meeting of amateur magicians. Scared for wrong, Kogura immediately turns the car around, so uh, we have some danger here. Some mistakes. Meanwhile, the club members are having a talk about their favorite Japanese magicians. Ara mentions Toichi Kuroba, who is Kaito Kid's father, while Tanaka prefers Yoshiro Kinoshida, who is from episode 96 of the anime. Not, I don't think you saw that one, did you, Kyle? <laughs> the other magician episode? <laughs> what a specific poll but yeah i missed it i missed out on all the magic maybe that's why you're not you're, you're so down on magicians you didn't get this necessary context of all the cool magicians and detective ken and that there's magicians that show up multiple times yeah it's not enough that i just think magicians are lame it's that i missed out on all the cool magicians yeah in this show if you're not a detective you're a magician that's true. Hamano names Kinoshita's teacher, Matoya Shukoma, as his favorite. Finally, Kuroda says that all those magicians are dead and says that <laughs> Kazumi Sonata is her favorite, who is also from the magician's suicide case. So that's what you miss. You miss a magician committing suicide, which is pretty cool. Whoa. Heavy. Why, wait, what's, what happened? Spoiler alert, he didn't actually kill himself oh. and was That uh, never murdered. happens in the show. Oh, okay. I was about to say, like, wait, so, like, why'd he kill himself? Although he did kind of just let himself get killed. He knew he was going to get killed. Ooh. I mean, he did it because he killed another Whoa. magician back in the day. Whoa, he yeah. killed a magician. Very interesting. Yeah, and then his, like, 
the uh, the magician's like daughter or something killed wow, him. Wow, that's like if Pen killed Teller. Oh my! <laughs> I love how that's your magician <laughs> reference point, Pen and Teller. Who else am I going to pick? Chris Angel. He's an angel, dude. He would never. He's a mind freak. He would never. He's an angel. David Blaine definitely has some bodies. Yeah, his eyes are freaky. Sonica then passionately states that Kaido Kid is her favorite magician and that she doesn't care that he's a thief. So that means that he was the prince that she was alluding to earlier. So Colleen, since we do know that Kaido Kid actually is at the table here, do you think he was kind of uh, blushing a little bit? Yeah, so it was actually hilarious. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, was that a spoiler? (laughs) I thought it was. (laughs) It's definitely interesting watching this episode knowing... That he's at the table versus not, because the the character, uh, the character's reactions, really you can tell like, I mean you can interpret them two different ways, because he he does like this the teardrop like sweat bullet thing that anime characters do. So if you knew that he was there, you could just say that oh you know it's he's doing that because she just said that her favorite magician's a thief and that's a little weird. But if you actually know what's what, like who he is, then uh, you can interpret that as, oh, he might be a little embarrassed. While still in the car, Conan is yelling at Kegra to drive faster, and he's like, I'm already driving as fast as I can. Uh, they then spot a fire and see that the bridge is burning. There's no other path to the lodge, but Conan decides to run over the bridge anyways, and he tells Kegra to call the police. Uh, it starts to collapse. It's very... Uh, dramatic he yells out for ron and we get this like transition and then ron like somehow hears him she feels his desperation it was kind of corny it's a pretty corny scene let's be real it's the connection they have ron i'm sorry ron do you think the dog john <laughs> feels that when his owner was saying i'm sorry john did they have like Absolutely. a connection there one can only hope Hamano says that the phone line is dead, and Ron takes a look at the entrance, and that's where she finds Conan passed out at the bottom of the steps. She picks him up and says that he has a high fever. Conan then awakes just in time and tells Ron to get away from this place before passing out again. What a badass. She doesn't get out of the, out of that place. <laughs> yeah, what was going through her head? Just like, he's delirious, probably. Also, the fucking, the, the bridge burned down. She's just like, why did I follow Sonico to this weird place? Yeah, I don't know how he expected her to get out. God, everyone here is just a dork. Ron treats Conan with help from the others upstairs and tells him the message he said. Katsuki has fever medication and says that Conan should be fine with medicine and a lot of rest. Sonico then learns that Katsuki is a medical student and she's kind of impressed here. She's kind of like, oh, okay. So I feel like you were talking about her being judgmental. But I feel like she starts to warm up and thinks Katsuki is pretty cool every time during this episode. I don't think she's as one-dimensional as you were saying. <laughs> I would argue that that adds to her shallowness, though. Because, oh, all of a sudden he's attractive because he's a doctor. Or going to be a doctor. Yeah. No, she's just learning his good qualities. How is that wrong? If Wait, hold on, hold on. Why is it being a doctor a good quality? Because you're fucking saving lives, man. It's not a selfish pursuit. You're not, not all doctors are cool. Video not games. all doctors are good. Dudes. Doctors are. Have you, George Clooney was a doctor, asshole. He was also Batman. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, and Batman's true. a bad guy. Checkmate, bud. 
He's misunderstood. <laughs> I don't see how this means that she's a shallow. Though. I, she's looking at the dollar figures behind the doctor's salary. Yeah. No, no, no. But he, first off, he's a medical student, not a doctor. We don't know what he's going into. He might become a male nurse. Oh, okay. okay. Might be a nurse so, in training. You're, you're not a medical student if you're a nurse. You go to nursing school. Then what are you? You're still a medical student. What's nursing do? <laughs> it's a completely different thing. Plus, no, 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 no. Plus, we're dealing with bad subs here. <laughs> they might have said nursing assistant. Sure, let's blame the fan subs. So let's not like speak definitively. Either way, I'm just saying. Plus, even if he is a doctor, that's a good career path. So what if he makes a lot of money? That's not the most important thing. It takes a lot of dedication and skill. It's like if you're into a, let's say I was into a woman that was becoming a lawyer. You know, she's studying to become the bar exam and all that, you know. That, that takes a lot of dedication. There's good qualities associated with such a career path. Shows they're ambitious. You know, they, they care about something greater than them. It's not just all about making money. Although it's pretty cool that he's going to make a lot of money. <laughs> no, like, we, we get your point. It's just with Sonico's track record, she's probably looking at that aspect of what it potentially means to be a medical student. You're right, Tyler. I take it back. Whenever I think medical student, the first thing I think is, damn, they must be so incredibly hardworking and dedicated and not trying to enter a career where people are being subjugated to a terrible medical system that profits off of dead people. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. I'm glad I'm glad we all agree yeah. here. <laughs> you really turned um, that one around. We decided to call the Escape King again, but sadly he's dead due to the uh, for-profit broken <laughs> medical system. <laughs> Somebody could have been there. I'm just saying, medical care for all. You know, I'm just saying. Putting it out there. Doesn't Japan have a fucking socialized med- Medicare system? Meanwhile, Kogoro yells at Meguri as he explains that the police can't route through the uh, mountains at night. And while they could use a helicopter, they might hit a power line and crash. You know, because there's so <laughs> many power lines in this place right here. He then tells Kogoro that the phone line is either busy or it has been cut. On that point, why did uh, Kogoro have to drive the girls to the cabin? Couldn't Sonoko just get like her driver or get a helicopter to take her there i'm just always baffled by how often sonico relies on the moris to do stuff when she's like a millionaire well because first off kegger had to threaten the guy to make sure that he didn't put the moves on ron so you know there's protection with kegger plus he's just cool a cool fun guy wouldn't you want to hang out with kegger Absolutely. But the point that, like, even the fact that Kokoro <laughs> allowed his daughter to Absolutely. come to this place with, like, these random people that she didn't even chat with, like, I don't think he, like, safety is, like, he's not looking at it properly, I don't think. Well, I wouldn't want my daughter talking to a bunch of magician nerds. I'd rather her just meet them in person than talk on. But you're okay driving them. her to this place with a bunch of, like, I don't know, potential people that could harm her and Kogro doesn't know these folks she's in high school hey she can handle herself she's a karate mastermind hold on let's just i think this is a good point because like someone got murdered 
and they're like high schoolers sticking yeah. around with like a bunch of adults that they met online in the 90s. <laughs> that means they're yeah, good. Yeah, they're magicians. You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it doesn't mean they're good. It means they're not. They're lame and they're not dangerous. That could be a front. Because think about it. The person that winds up being the murderer, not an actual magician. She was just related to a magician. <laughs> Not a magician, just related to a yeah, magician. <laughs> Some of the other ones aren't magicians either. They're just magic lovers. Yeah, what's the point of this fucking That's club name, saying. too? The actual magic lovers aren't dangerous. There's nothing dangerous about Ara <laughs> or Katsuko. What would you say if your daughter was on a forum called Magic Lovers? Wouldn't you just assume that's a sex thing? Oh, it does sound kinky. It just means they love magic. Not everything <laughs> has to be a sexual. Well, then nature. wouldn't it be like, we love magic? Mag- <laughs> well, you know, you only have so many characters, brother. It's the AOL chat room. Magic, though, is like the adjective the for lovers. Right? Like, it's the modifier in that in that noun. <laughs> <laughs> the 99s were, uh, that was a simpler time. Look, it's a bad translation. <laughs> It was actually the Magic Appreciation <laughs> Club. <laughs> Since the Escape King hasn't shown up, the Magic Club decides to appoint a temporary leader, and Hamano says he'll let Magic decide. He asks Sonica to give him a hand, and he then blindfolds her. He has Tanaka write down all the names on a piece of, piece of paper and tells her to put them together, turn them, and then give it to Sonica along with the pen. Sonica then marks three papers with a circle, cross, and triangle. The circle will be the temporary leader. The cross is the ceremony master. And the triangle will set up the bath as a punishment. She then puts the papers on the table face down. And Hamana says he'll guess each of the names. He correctly guesses that the temporary leader will be Kuroda. While the one prepping the bath is Tanaka. However, he gets the ceremony master wrong as he guesses it's Kasuki. But it winds up being himself. What'd you think about this magic trick that he messed up? I I was fucking bored. <laughs> I thought it was like dumb filler. I was like, when is the crime going to happen? <laughs> Did you like the magic trick, Colleen? Maybe it's just women that appreciate the thrill of magic. Well, yeah, because yeah, there are a few women the in this magic, magic appreciation club. Um, I, I well, you just think you know because magic's all about tricking you. You know, us men, we kind of see through the tricks easily, but women are just very (laughs) easily amused and they like bright colors, so you just enjoy it a bit more. You're saying, like, (laughs) how do you put up with him? (laughs) I just pretend it's a bit and move on with my life. Um, I think I like because this was my second time watching this, and I knew that ultimately the the trick there was like a trick behind the trick. I thought. It was fine. It it didn't like bore me or anything. Um, but I mean, my favorite part was when Hamano guessed incorrectly, and he's like so shocked at it. So it's just kind of like an indication of how poorly he does magic. Sort of like what Sonico did in the car earlier. Like that was a really lame trick too. These fucking dorks. The group separates as Tanaka goes to start the bath, while Hamano goes to his room to brainstorm some ideas. Ara fetches wine, Sugama heads to the kitchen, and Sonico checks on Conan at the behest of Kuroda. 
Ron says that Conan's fever has gone down as the medicine worked, and that while Katsuki isn't who Sonica imagined who he is, he isn't a bad guy. So, Ron's already shipping them. Ron's probably Good. just tired of Sonico dragging her places to meet guys. Yeah, like she's not doing anything this whole <laughs> this whole <laughs> trilogy of episodes. Who, Ron? Yeah. Yeah, she's not even holding a flashlight or anything. A flashlight? Yeah, I, don't, I think you missed that episode. <laughs> okay. There was an episode where all Ron did was hold a flashlight. <laughs> Out of context, I was like, uh... Ron wants to continue watching Conan. Sonico convinces her to enjoy the party downstairs for a bit. Dinner's ready and everybody's there but Hamana, who's practicing for the magic show he'll be he'll be putting on tonight, or he's dead, either or. <laughs> it's then revealed that Dark Master and Escape King don't get along and that they got into a fight over a magician a while back. Can you think of a lamer argument? No. Actually, it's probably the one we had earlier... <laughs> Instead of, a, like, a magician, we're arguing about the merits of a doctor. So, yeah, I guess we can imagine a lame argument. We get into pretty lame arguments on the show. I think these are all important. Ara says that hopefully they'll arrive soon, and Conan walks down the steps saying that they aren't coming, as Tsutomu Nishiyama was killed at his apartment, and that everybody is in danger as the computer had a threat from the Dark Master on Whoa. it. So Conan makes quite the dramatic entrance here. Kyle is like, hell yeah. Finally. They're not doing magic. <laughs> Tanaka remembers that Hamano was also involved in the online argument, so they decide to let him know about it. But when they open his room, he's not there, and the window is open. Ron then notices him about ten meters away from the house, lying in the snow, with no tracks leading up to him. Katsuki then runs up to him and tells everybody to stay back, as he's already dead. He says that they shouldn't touch the crime scene. And Conan says that this is a crime that no man can commit without wings, and the first part ends. And it's true that this is a crime that no man can commit because a woman killed him. Well, you're just going to give it all away. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a woman that is, winds up being Oh, come on. That's like 50% of the time. Kyle, what did you think about this first part here? I thought it was pretty fun. I really liked the concept of splitting up Conan and Koguro. And having Koguro go back to uh, to talk to Megari, uh, and having Conan be st- stuck there, but also like halfway inebriated because of uh, just the flu. So I thought it was a really cool setup. Um, I don't know if the the trilogy of episodes ultimately paid off, but I really liked this first episode. What do you think, Colleen? Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree, and I I enjoyed sort of the plot device, if we can call it that, of Conan being sick. I don't recall seeing an episode before where that played into things and how that kind of impacted uh the deduction later on although i mean ultimately he gets well he's he's kind of sick uh he's kind of sick that episode with haiji where he turns big yeah but oh yeah that's true but then that, oh yeah yeah and haiji i know what you mean him. though about him specifically missing moments of the plot and having to get it filled in by yeah. other characters. So I get what you mean yeah. about the plot So stuff, I guess yeah. I was trying to figure out what the meaning behind that was, and I don't know if I ever got a satisfying uh, result just because Conan does ultimately get all the details he needs. So I don't know if it paid off having him you know, miss some of the stuff anyways. Maybe it was just to kind of get him away into another room while 
the other people talked about their favorite magicians or whatnot. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a way to lengthen this from a two-parter to a three-parter. Yeah. Call. yeah what, why is this a three-parter? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm thinking back to the other two-parters that I've seen of this show. And it's like, I don't know. It feels like a pretty underwhelming, like not to give away final thoughts or anything, but. I don't know. It's almost like there might have been too many details to cram into a two-parter. So they wanted to give it, you know, do it justice and give it three parts to flesh out. Was this a manga uh, adaptation? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I, I didn't mind the pacing. I think I thought it was nice to sort of just get an introduction of all the characters and that wasn't rushed at all, uh, particularly because one of them ends up being sort of not who they say they are. So that adds more mystery to the already mysterious uh, setting that these people find themselves in. And I like that they ended it on sort of like a banger, like, okay, we have a murder at the end of our first part. So, yeah, I was uh, I was into this storyline. Yeah, murders are bangers. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed uh, the first part. I wasn't really crazy into all the characters, though. I know Kyle's been... I don't even think he's joking. He's been talking very negatively about magicians. But this is a very uh, a very cool cast of characters. And I think that's because they're magician fans rather than magicians themselves. But, uh, yeah, nobody's really all that cool. We don't have, like, a Chris Angle. Aren't they technically, like, magician, am- like, amateur magicians? Yeah, sure. I feel like I'm an amateur magician just because I can do that trick where, like, where you lose your thumb. You can lose your thumb? I don't even know how to do that, actually. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm sitting here in front what? of I'm, I'm trying doing to it right move now. my hands. And I'm like, I was trying to buy it, buy into uh, the bit, and you just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was always cool when people would, like, pull, like, a quarter out of your... There's also the lose your nose one. <laughs> I don't know. When I'm cool, when I'm old, I think I'm going to become, like, a... Like a really bad trick magician guy. You're going to be like that one guy really at the party be, uh... showing off all your parlor tricks? Hell yeah. Who's the guy that swallows Get the frogs? Get it wrong, but walk it off. What about frogs? What? Who's the guy that swallows the frogs? Somebody swallows frogs? Is that David Blaine? Sure. Who swallowed the frogs with Drake? Magician swallowed frog. David Blaine. Yeah. He learned how to regurgitate living that, frogs. That's, that's the thing. Cool. It's like it's not magic. That's not magic. <laughs> you just swallowed a frog <laughs> and know. spit it back up. Define, define magic, you know? Uh, magic definition. The power of apparency influencing the course of events using mysterious or supernatural There's forces. black magic. I think making there's a white fucking magic. frog come out there's of your summon magic. throat is magic. Sure, coming out of your uh, throat. But if you put it in there in the first place, like... That's, that takes away Materia from the magic. based magic. Guardian yeah, but it's just like hanging out in your magic. stomach, Colleen. Isn't that yeah, it work? is. Uh, I wouldn't want to do it. Uh, job class based magic. Ew, he, ew. I'm just thinking about it. Like frogs are so slimy. How do you think ew. the frog feels? He's jumping around in there, and then your stomach acids are getting at it. Yeah, like that can't be humane. Has Peter gone at David Blaine for this? I feel like they should. Save the frogs from David Blaine's weird-ass throat magic. Do the frogs come out alive? I can get behind this. Uh, shout out. Yeah. Shout out to the, since we're talking about magic, shout out to the South Park episode, Cock Magic, which oh is God. about, you know how there's like chicken fighting? Yeah. Cock fighting? 
But they're playing Magic the Gathering. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, shout out to that. Cock magic. Shout to cock magic. And then Randy Marsh starts doing like cock based magic because he doesn't know what cock magic is. It's pretty good. Anyhow. Like with roosters. We have a new closing theme. Still for your love by Romania Montevideo. Uh, Kyle, why don't you read the lyrics here that we have beautifully written on the uh, written on the note too? Still for your love. On a night when it seems something will happen, give a prayer and close your eyes. On such a night when the moon will melt, Mama said that I was born being loved. Mama! Oh no, I don't like this. <laughs> Please don't go far away. Why was Mama shedding tears? I'll it didn't forever, mean to make you cry. Side. <laughs> I thought in my little heart, but that was until I met him before my heart was shaken. Oh, this is long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like this song isn't just groundless. five seconds. <laughs> I saw the future will be torn apart. Come on, get barefooted, kick the earth, go over the rainbow, grasp the sky. <laughs> I wish on a morning gripping onto the cross on my chest on a night when hope pours into a soft light surrounds you and gives you the courage for tomorrow in my childhood times the implanted wound was heavy leaning over in my heart in the dark and narrow world in a heartless world like a cradle like a cradle is a peaceful final song even if I knew that I'd never see you again because I'll be connected to you even if I changed colors and the sky with white wings attached to itself, it'll flap them wide open. I'll change the future with my hands. This is Evangelion for real. Uh, I wish on a morning gripping onto the cross on my chest on a night when hope pours into you, a soft light surrounds you and gives you courage for tomorrow. I wish forever her great happiness Every night in your dream, I see you. I feel you. Tears stood in her eyes. Please don't cry. Forever still for you. Still for your love. Wow, that sounds like a song right off of the new Bread Eyes album. <laughs> Thank you for that dramatic reading, <laughs> Uh Who is this by? Rumania Montevideo. Montevideo. What a name. Rumania Especially the last name. What happened to Two Mix? It's a pop band. What happened to... Japanese pop band. They're active from 1998 to 2002 and reformed in 2019, so you can see them alive now. Epic. That's just what I needed in my life. Right in time for the pandemic, baby. So, the next kind of intent is boat sale. Be on the lookout for boat sales. You now move on to episode 133, which is part two, and this is subtitled Dude, The no. Suspicion. This aired on February 1st, 1999. An unthinkable, impossible crime. There must be a hint somewhere, Conan says. They just said it. The fucking boat sail. <laughs> Not to be confused with a sail of boats. Good point. Conan narrates a recap of the first episode, and then it picks up where it left off. Katsuki says the cause of death was strangulation, and that there's marks from a thin string on his neck. Sugama says that there's one additional suspect that has been hiding here for quite some time. The Dark Master. Sugama's like really wants there to be a serial killer. He's like trying to will it into existence, I feel like. He's so into it, I love it. <laughs> Tanaka says that she's leaving and going home, but kind of breaks the news that the bridge was lit on fire and that they can't get off of the mountain. I like how he waits quite a bit to let them know that. <laughs> oh yeah, the bridge was fucking burnt. <laughs> 
She then says that they have their cell phones, but unfortunately they don't have any reception because they're on a freaking mountain. So the killer has successfully isolated them from the rest of the world. Meanwhile, Megari tells Kogoro that they looked into finding out who the Dark Master is. However, they looked up his ID data and the man they found was a complete stranger who had no interest in magic <laughs> and hadn't touched a computer in several years. Sounds like a cool guy. I hate magic and I haven't touched a computer in years. <laughs> I hate magic, and I haven't touched my wife in years. That's why he's not a magic lover. But um, she's cucking him with other magicians. So his account had been hijacked and used to post under Dark Master. Megary says that isn't the only suspicious person, as another person in the lodge is using a fake ID as well. Wonder who that is. Now, was it obvious to you guys at this point? What do you mean? Like when Megary said, "Oh, someone else is using a fake ID." Did that mean anything to you? Because I know it didn't mean much to me the first time I watched this. And the second time, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I knew that, like, I knew that Kaido Kid was involved, so I figured it was just referring to him. But maybe it's referring to the killer. I don't know. They never really expand upon it. I'm guessing, like, how would they know that Kaido Kid's using a fake name, though? I don't know. Who knows? How did you know Kaido Kid was involved? Uh, from the wiki. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> last week's episode on this podcast, I wouldn't even know unless Colleen's like, oh, yeah, this is a Kaido Kid episode. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it really went like that. <laughs> Wonderful. So what was your reaction when you heard there was another fake identification here, Kyle? I thought they were talking about Dark Master. Like Dark Master was pretending to be one of them. Yeah, but there's another person. Oh, I guess I didn't even put two and two together that far. I I straight up was like, oh, okay. oh, clearly, like whoever was Dark Master, like who really was pretending to be Dark Master, was like stealing that identity so they could like pretend to get into this cabin or whatever. I didn't realize like who wants to pretend to be a magic dork, you know? Apparently, Sonico. I agree. Imagine liking a magician. God. Uh, I don't know. If uh. If there's any hot magician female listeners... <laughs> listen, if the mood strikes... Slide into the DMs. If you're a magic lover... Listen, love is love. I'm not here to hate that. I'm here to hate magic. It's very Here's different. a question for you, Kyle. Yeah. Is BDSM a form of magic? I don't understand how. <laughs> they both kind of have, like, the same props. <laughs> props? That's the you know connection? Is, does, does car- is Carrot Top magic, technically? He uses a lot of No. <laughs> Caratop's not a magician? Well, I guess he's a comedian. Are BDSM people comedians, then, since they have props? Yes, Tyler. Well, you can equally ask, are they actors? Yes. <laughs> no. There's no skill involved. Skill? Um, what yeah. do you mean there's no... <laughs> what skill is there in BDSM? You have to be good at sex to be good at sex. There's no such thing. You can't say <laughs> um, So, <laughs> Tanaka blames herself for Hamana's death as she picked the ceremony master. Katsuki then comforts her by saying that she drew symbols at random while blindfolded, and that when somebody loses at the lottery, they don't hold a grudge against those that won. So I thought this was sweet. Katsuki comforting the girl that used to like him before she saw he was a beefy boy. But then likes him again when she realized he's a medical student. I thought they were setting up something here, too. Yeah, so I, I, I think romance is starting to blossom here. Kenny says that the police will surely come soon, and there's a very 90s conversation where the group has to explain to Ron what online chatting is. Where they're like, yeah, you use the phone line so you can communicate with other people. What? I love when they explain technology in this show. Ara mentions that an old magician named Huden Harui was called the Japanese Escape King, and Ron mentions that he died a month ago performing a trick. Dark Master said something odd during the conversation afterward, 
saying it was their fault that the magician died. A few weeks prior, they had said that they hoped someone would try his escape act again, and Darkmaster said it happened since they were talking about it. That bothered Ara, so he checked with Nishiyama, and they determined that nobody in the chat could have been Harui. However, they cannot be sure that somebody with an ID is who they say they are, and somebody could have shown him a log of the chat. So that's why they set up this in-person meeting. So we have a dark history here, Kyle, that bonds all these people together like every other meeting that we've ever had an episode on. Isn't it wonderful when the mods leave? Very Agatha Christie. They mentioned that if Darkmaster's the killer and set up the impossible crime, then it makes sense, as he was saying, he could fly and disappear. Tanaka says that she's feeling cold, so her, Ron, and Katsuki go to fetch some clothing. Conan receives a hilariously oversized sweater. And Ron tells Conan about Hamano's magic trick that Sonico assisted with. And he's like, huh, assisted with, huh? Uh, what'd you guys think about this sweater? Was anybody else entertained by this? It was way too big for him. I thought it was very cute. It was very cute. I was entertained by the fact that it shrunk almost immediately after, and it was a perfect fit for him. Yeah, they really gave up on the bit, didn't they? Well, I mean, they tucked it in underneath his shirt. I definitely stopped noticing. I had no issue with it. He looked like a little professor. It was very cute. There's so many cute Conan moments in the in this trio of episodes, too. Yeah. They then head to Tanaka's room, and Conan wonders if the Darkmaster really is the killer, as nobody's alibi is clear. Once Tanaka enters her room, her windows break and an arrow strikes the wall. She walks outside and yells at them to come out from hiding. Then another window breaks and Sonica screams, so everybody runs downstairs. They enter the bathroom and find another arrow in the bathroom mirror. Ara says somebody is attacking from outside, and Tanaka runs out and screams at the forest for them to come out. Which doesn't seem like the smartest thing to do when somebody's shooting arrows at you. No, but it made her really suspicious. Like, I think this was the part that kind of made me think that she was the the culprit. Yeah, I mean, it was down to two people for me, because it's always a woman. (laughs) And since the other woman basically did nothing this entire three-part episode, I was definitely leaning towards her. What about you, Kyle? Did you have any inkling of who was the criminal? Uh, I think the crossbow situation was really awkward, for sure, and her reaction to it, to me, was a tipping of a hat more than anything, but, like, I think in general I was just sort of shocked that someone was using a fucking crossbow in this economy. (laughs) They notice footprints by the woods, and then Sonico and Tanaka both fall down. Ara then notices a bow gun in the snow and picks it up. Sugama says this confirms that none of them are the killer. And Conan notices a frustrated Kasuki punch the snow. Why was he punching the snow here? That's hilarious. I love how no one notices either but Conan, and he gives him such a look. <laughs> He's like, you weird magic dweeb. Why are you punching <laughs> the snow? fucking strange. Can we bitch. really trust this guy with future patients? He's going to be a really bad nurse. Ron suggests that everybody go back inside, and Sonica feels bad for Himano being left in the snow and suggests covering him. But Sugama says the most serial killer thing ever, and he says they'd ruined the impossible crime scene and that they can't stain this beautiful work of art with our unnecessary footprints. So I hope this guy reappears in the future as a criminal. Because if anybody has ever deserved to be the killer, it's him. <laughs> what, a, what a thing to say. <laughs> Maybe he gets, like, inspired from this. It's like, damn, that was some artistic shit. While heading back, they find additional arrows, and Conan notices that the only snow that fell was on tree branches. He wonders why, and then he notices a hole in a tree trunk. He wonders if it was used in a trick, and says that Katsuki has been acting quite suspicious. We then see him catch Sonico, who slips in the snow. So, 
they're definitely throwing a lot of focus on Katsuki, which seems like a like his name, which is Red Herring. So I never really truly thought he was it, and I always it was probably because Colleen put the idea in my head, but I always like, oh, that must be Kaido Kid in the disguise. So we haven't gotten to this part yet, but Kyle, I, I do want to ask, how shocked were you when Kaido Kid showed up? Like, were you surprised by that reveal? Yeah, I had no fucking clue that shit was coming, and so uh, to see it be Katsuki of all people too. Like, I guess they're they're slowly st- setting it up because they're making him nice. They're like a they're showing something's up with him, but like you don't know what. But uh, like, yeah, I didn't really see that shit coming. Yeah, so I think that's a really effective part of the episode, and uh, just as somebody with that knowledge coming in through the episode, there's a lot of little hints from him, like uh, like Colleen was saying earlier, and. Especially uh, in the third episode, he uses that crossbow, and you see him have, like, great aim, just like, mm-hmm. you know, he has guns and stuff that he fires. Oh, um, yeah. So and just, like, was... how they were talking about their favorite magicians, and he agreed with the guy who said that uh, Taichi Kurobo is the best, and, like, you think, oh, okay, well, of course he'd say that to his dad. You're fucking dork. <laughs> Although I feel like most people wouldn't even put together that it's Kaido Kid's dad, you know? Just be like, oh, there's a random magician that was uh, mentioned. But yeah, like if you're... Yeah, no, not at this point. Because Kaido's still pretty much a mystery in this show. He's appeared one time before yeah. this, right? So we don't really get to see even his perspective of things and how much of like a klutz he is sometimes. How much crossover is there between Kaido Kid and Conan like lore-wise? Like, is the Black Organization showing up in the Kaido Kid stuff? No, they don't show up. He's, he's going up against a different organization. Oh, how, oh, how cool. It's slightly different, because um, there's, like, some supernatural elements in Kaido Kid that don't really show up when he's on Conan. They kind of streamline mm. him. But they also, like, share some cases, uh, especially in the anime adaptation, where if you watch, like, the Kaido Kid anime, you'll see it like stuff from his perspective um some of the cases and his confrontations with conan throughout the years oh so you see like the conan crossover episodes from his perspective mm-hmm. a few of them yeah that's cool i like yeah. that okay and i feel like they weaved his storyline predominantly with any cases having to do with magic and with like any sort of jewelry or thievery going on and it's always that Kaido Kid gets away. Like, I haven't seen a bit where Conan actually catches him, but it is nice to see sometimes where they work together, and you'll see that in a few movies. Conan starts asking everybody what they were doing when Hamano was killed and tells them that it's too early to assume the killer is from outside the house. Katsuki agrees with him and says that he was setting the table with Kuroda while waiting for the magic show. Kuroda confirms this and says that she went into the kitchen afterward to help Sagami out. Katsuki then says that he went to his room to grab some crackers. And Conan's like, crackers, huh? And he's like, yeah, I'm fat, bitch. What you trying to say? Sonika checked on Ron and Conan. Meanwhile, Ara went to fetch wine and Tanaka got firewood for the bath. They both say it took about eight minutes, which Sugama confirms. Ara says it took him that long to get the wine because he forgot the new key for the wine cellar and he had to go back to his room to fetch it. Ara was kind of suspicious too. He was like number three on my suspicion list after the two. What? Even the the other woman was on your suspicion list? The one that didn't do anything apparently? (laughs) (laughs) Just not having that white chromosome is suspicious enough. Like, what's going on, ladies? Why don't you have it? (laughs) I mean, we're all Dark Master XX. (laughs) 
See? That's the problem. <laughs> or the solution. They then go outside to the wine cellar, and Ara shows that he has two new locks on it. Ron asks why there's so many locks, and he says that a thief got in the other day, so he wanted to increase security as he has valuable things in the cellar. Conan then spots the kitchen door nearby and says that there's a lot of footprints in the snow. Tanaka says that they all walked around the house when they first got there, and Conan then asks to see where they warmed the fire for the bath. They check that out, and Conan notes that there isn't a lot of snow on the roof. He's told that when the bath runs, the snow melts, and he sees a window that connects to the second floor from it making it possible for Tanaka to sneak up there if she climbs onto the roof. <laughs> she says that's true, but she went into the bathroom multiple times to check the water temperature and that somebody else would have come by while she wasn't there and climbed up that way. Conan says something doesn't match up and wonders why the killer fired into an empty bathroom. He then finds a staple in the snow and hops onto the window by the bathroom. He spots where the staple used to be and he's then picked up by Katsuki who asks the little detective how the investigation is going. Conan says it's going okay, sorta, and he then asks Sonico how Hamano did his trick. Most of the case has now been solved by Conan, but he says there's one puzzle left to solve, which is the impossible crime, as he can't confront the killer until he's solved that. Ara offers everybody a glass of wine, and Conan looks at the bottle upside down, and that's when he sees the sailboat logo, which of course is the hint for this episode, and he figures out the trick and learns why the killer burned down the bridge and who they are. I'm guessing you guys weren't as far along as uh, Conan was from this one little hint, because a sailboat did not help me figure out how the trick was done. I thought it was the wine. <laughs> like, she got him drunk and just pushed him off the balcony? No, I thought Conan was just saying the wine killed him. Oh. That was Yeah, it. he had an that underlying liver problem. <laughs> it would have been a good twist. What did you think about episode two, Kyle? We, ha- we definitely had some more action here. Yeah. Some investigating. Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought it was a good episode overall. Again, like it... It felt like it was continuing to uh, build the suspense towards the mystery itself. And uh, I feel like the the latter half of it was like what really threw me off the most. I felt pretty disappointed that it was just trying to rush us to get towards like the third episode, which would inevitably be just the explanation. Um, I liked the red herrings that it was throwing out. I liked that like it, it, sort of threw attention in a lot of different directions. Like the locks really had me confused. I really thought like, why would you fucking have that many locks on your shed? Like that just seems suspicious as heck. Uh, uh, Kyo hero talking like the, the dead body was art. Like that always seemed really weird as well. So it feel, it felt like at least to me that it really sort of could have been anyone except for that other random girl. I don't remember her name. Um, the one with the glasses. Yeah, she really does nothing, but, uh... Yeah. She was the leader. It's still suspicious. Like, the person that does the least, why aren't you doing anything, girl? You've got a secret. <laughs> yeah, it's always the quiet ones. So the next kind of intent is Bogum. We move on to the final part, which is the resolution. This is episode 134, and this originally aired February 8th, 1999. Kevin today is the conclusion. The criminal and trick appear like magic. Get it, Kyle? Because it's magic. Magic lovers. Lovers of magic. I hate it. It's magic, you know. What are you singing? I think it's called It's Magic. By who? <laughs> <laughs> Something believe it's not so. Do you all ever confuse Bewitched and uh, that genie show? No. <laughs> I oh. dream of genie. Yeah, I dream of genie. Well, never fucking mind. You know, I'll just... Uh, never mind. Okay. Sorry. 
Well, because I'm a, I'm an old sitcom show nerd. So I'm a smart person. I know between shows. I'm not a fucking <laughs> dummy, Kyle. Okay. So Colleen was referencing Selena Gomez. Oh, no, oh, it's magic. Pilot song. <laughs> no. <laughs> pilot? Who those pilot? A oh, yeah, Scottish pop rock band? Who are you listening to, Colleen? Now this is going to bother me. I don't know if it's them. Is that really from a Scottish band? The final episode starts with another recap before Ron grabs the wine from Conan's hand and says that he can't play with that. Conan then asks Ara if he can borrow a stapler, scissors, and a large rope and says he wants to do some crafts since he's bored. Ara and Conan go to his room and they fetch everything that he wanted. He then asks for drawing papers and crayons to distract Ara and he then disappears by the time he finds some colored pencils for him. So Conan's a little trickster here. Ara tells Ron and Sonica that Conan disappeared and so has the arrow from the bowgun that he was looking after. They believe that the killer might have grabbed him and that's when they hear Conan scream. Were you worried for the little boy, Kyle? No. I'm never worried for this little boy. Okay. Because he knows what's up. They run upstairs to look for him, and they find him with a, his hand under a bed sheet. <laughs> and Arrow then fires through the window, and Conan says, somebody is outside, and if there's a person in the woods on the right, they all run out. Wait, 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 wait. And that's when we see... The way you're explaining this. What? They run up and find him after he screams, his hand under a bed sheet, and he's quickly trying to be like, look outside. <laughs> <laughs> he has really good vision man uh, conan was exploring his body ew no that's what that's what it sounded like no just the hand was under a bed sheet the rest of his body yeah wasn't. but that nobody knows that from what you said i don't like how you're trying to make conan dirty listen conan's a young boy he's actually a teenager oh god maybe he is exploring his body there are things he needs to decide <laughs> about himself there's nothing wrong with that when he's doing it in the comfort of his own privacy. Yeah, lodge with a bunch of <laughs> magic lovers. A bunch of magic lovers. Ew. Uh, they all run out and we see an arrow stuck in the tree's hole. <laughs> yeah, what are they using that hole for? Oh, God. Conan runs past it and Ron finally catches up to Conan and she grabs him. Everybody's worried that the killer has the bow gun back and that they're targets. However, Conan isn't worried and tells Sonica that everything worked out great. Sonica is obviously very confused, as she did not have any communication prior with Conan. Conan pulls her near a tree and he whispers to her uh, before knocking her out with a dart. I loved his smile there. Yeah, Conan uses his bow tie to imitate her and tells Ron to pick up the bow gun from behind her. She tells her to take it to the middle room where Hamano was staying. She says they'll reconstruct the bloody magic show that the killer gave them tonight. Sonica says that she's figured out the impossible crime and who did it. Ron gets into position and says that the bowgun, scissors, and rope are required for the crime. This is like a fucking arts and crafts show, man. That's why I needed an entire episode to explain this. <laughs> for real. First, she makes small holes in the end of two arrows. String is passed through those holes to create a loop. And then a long string is pulled through both of the loops. Two more strings are then tied to the center of the large one. And they're connected to the railing of the veranda. Killer then just has to fire the arrows one by one with the bowgun. Very simple. <laughs> Conan tells Ron to shoot the nearby tree, and she tells everybody to stand back. However, Katsuki suddenly appears behind her and suggests that he shoots instead. Katsuki has perfect aim and is able to hit the tree on the other side as well. If Sonika was awake, she'd probably be 
hit with his a dart to her heart mm. oh. and die. No, <laughs> and fall in love. <laughs> Hitsuki is able to hit the other tree, and the shape of the strings that form is similar to cells in the mast of a yacht. A futon is then used to simulate a body as he puts a small <laughs> ring of the string tied around it and passes one end of the two strings to create the yacht's mast. He then drops the futon from the veranda, and it falls right next to the body. Sonic explains that the garden's empty air supported a ropeway, and the killer took advantage of that. None of this made any sense to me, I'll just be honest. <laughs> this all seems like bullshit, but uh Something sure. we should try out on our own. Yeah, let me get all my <laughs> strings and, and your bogan bodies. It's really very simple. Us during this like later in this um deduction, Sonic is like, Oh, that was very simple and then she'd go on this long ass explanation of like twenty steps <laughs> of how the criminal did stuff and I'm like, What are you talking about? Sugama asks how he got rid of all the evidence, and Sonika tells Katsuki to tie the other string making up the mast to another arrow, and to fire it in the air above the woods after he unties the ropes in the veranda. He does that, and all of the string goes flying into the woods, while the arrows are still stuck to the trees. That is why the killer trapped them there, so that they could retrieve the arrows before the police arrived. Sonika then outs the killer as being Kikue Tanaka. Were you surprised by this, Kyle? Uh, I mean, at this point, I thought it could literally have been any of them. So I don't know if I, surprise is the right word, you know? I was like, oh, okay, finally. Yeah. <laughs> Tanaka denies this and says that the killer even tried to take her life with the bogon. Sonika says that she set it up on purpose in order to no longer be a suspect and explains how it was done. Tanaka stapled the wall above the window, passed a string through it, and attached a weight along it. After passing the rest of the string between pillars of the floor above and beneath the window into her room. She tied it to her bed and covered it with clothes. She then just had to cut the string while pretending to pick up her clothes to get the glass of the window to break. As she felt the glass break, she then used the bow gun she had hidden under her clothes to fire over her shoulder into the wall. Ron looked at the arrow. She picked up the string to raise the weight and opened the curtains to show the broken glass. That way she made it look like somebody fired from the outside. I still don't think this is really all that probable because like how do you just miss somebody shooting a damn bow gun talk about a string theory am i right (laughs) (laughs) like all of it seemed really rehearsed like it's hard to tell like hard to believe that she would have just done this you know like she planned it out but it would have been like her first round of doing it i assume and yeah how would like hiding a bow gun like covering covering it with your body it just seems unrealistic to me as well Conan says he fired the same way in his room and that you can see the trick still. Tanaka brings up another arrow being fired into the bathroom and Sonika says that's also a simple trick. She stapled a string with a weight attached to it above the bathroom window and passed the rest of the string between the pillars above. Since she caught the string beneath the window, she was able to release it by just opening her window and making the glass break. The arrow had been fired in the bathroom mirror beforehand and was just meant to look like it was fired afterwards. She got rid of all of the objects while everyone ran to the bathroom. So, very simple. I had a problem with this explanation, though. Because if the arrow was there beforehand, what was Sonico's reaction all about? I guess the glass breaking? Oh, she didn't see it before. Yeah, she heard the glass breaking. Okay, because the way that it looked to me, it looked like Sonico was in the bathroom and then the arrow shot through the window into the mirror. It wasn't like that... It, she walked in and saw it. <laughs> She's frightened of arrows. She just sees it and is like, ah! 
But by the time, like, we see the, uh, Sonico, like, in that situation, she's already on the floor, so it's not like we see her walk in. I think she just heard the noise, and then she opened the door, and that's when she saw the, uh, arrow. And fell to the ground. So it was like she just missed it, yeah. Tanaka then brings up the bow gun that was found in the woods. Sonico says she placed it there while bringing everybody's attention to the footprints. She then pulled an arrow from the tree with a hole in the back, which is when she fell down. Tanaka congratulates Sonico on a brilliant deduction, but says that she didn't have time to kill Hamano as she was still burning firewood for the bath and it took about eight minutes. Sonico says that Tanaka had been warming the bath before, but Tanaka points out that she was chosen to warm the bath by chance. However, that isn't true. Sonika says it was magic. She says that she had already been Hamane's assistant once before, so she knew what was going to happen, so she prepared the papers with symbols written on the back for the trick beforehand. Sonika was blindfolded during the trick, which was to make her not realize that the, her pen had no ink in it. Everybody else believed Sonico had written them, and it was likely that she suggested the trick to Hamano. She then climbed on the roof of the bath that she had already heated and killed him. That's how that was all done. Magic is a fraud, who would have guessed? Sonico also says that the recent thief was likely Tanaka, as she was checking the length of the string of the trick and what type of pen is used in the lodge. Tanaka demands proof, and Sonico tells her to look in her boots as it hides the remaining arrow. Sonico says that Tanaka didn't have time to remove the arrow here, and that the only one left is the one she used for the demonstration, which means she hid the one that was there in her boot. Sonico says Dark Master was likely a fake person conceived by Tanaka, and that they were able to be online at the same time by using two phone lines and computers. <laughs> Sonico then says that the name Kikue Tanaka and the ID also belonged to somebody else as well. Tanaka says that's wrong, so that means there is. So that, that was referring to... uh kaido kid then um because she says that tanaka is her real name and she pulls the arrow out of her boot she says that she is the daughter of huden harui and that she wanted to get revenge on the death that they caused she says her grandfather used to chat with them under the name fake child she found imagine i like this 80 year old dude calling himself fake child i guess that's what he's talking about he's like i am a child at heart but i'm fake i'm actually an old man fake baby She found his chat logs after he died and thought it was weird that he kept talking about escape magic despite being physically weak at his age. She says that she doesn't blame them for her grandfather's death, but she couldn't forgive the comments that Nishiyama and Hamano made about her grandfather after he died. They joked about his death, saying that he was probably happy he died on stage. She then reveals that her grandfather was going to reveal his identity after he successfully did the escape magic. An unsent comment said, somehow I still managed to do the escape trick. Did you enjoy it? From the fake child, Huden Harui. You really can tell he's like 90 because he pre-writes chat messages that he's going to send later. You don't draft tweets? No, I only tweet off the dome, brother. It's like a rapper, <laughs> you know, freestyling for 40 minutes. Mm. Kuroda says that if they knew fake child was Harui, then they wouldn't have joked about it. However, Tanaka says that Katsuki knew it. As the day before the show, he sent her grandfather an encouraging email. Kenan then says that Katsuki is a magician too, and says that the name Katsuki Doito is actually an anagram that stands for Kaito Kid. Uh, so when do you guys think that Kenan figured out that Kaito Kid was there, Colleen? Oh man, um, it, uh, I guess it'd have to be um, along the way when they were throwing all those red herrings, I mean... Conan saw him getting all aggravated punching the snow and he had like these menacing looks all the time so I figured 
because I think Conan was also veering in that direction. Like he was saying, okay, this guy's acting weird, but um, I guess he eventually figured like he couldn't have done all that arrow stuff and it only made sense. I I guess maybe it was when um they were telling him about the uh the trick or like the the magic trick that assigned everybody's roles. It might have been then. So Kyle, you were shocked that uh Kaido Kid appeared. What do you think about his involvement in the episode? Did you like that uh he showed up? Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I wasn't prepared for that sort of thing, but to be honest, I guess it made more sense in the long run cuz like this is a three-part episode and like at large the case was not like really interesting enough to me to really warrant it so the fact that kaido kid showed up at the end it was like oh okay this is sort of why i guess it was a fun little twist as well because like i didn't see it coming obviously i did not expect the the big chubster to turn out to be kaido kid kid then appears on the balcony and tells conan that he made a splendid deduction he says that ron is sleeping peacefully in the next room and that she's so cute that it's difficult not to watch her conan tells kid that he's always acting weird and that, like his red herring username, he truly fooled Conan. Kid says that he wasn't trying to fool him, and only came because he wanted to know why Fake Child was still chatting, even though he was dead. Kid says that the Fake Child was Harui's stage name when he debuted. He could tell that Tanaka was his granddaughter, and that she was helping with the trick, but didn't imagine that she was going to commit a murder. Kid says it was too late when he figured it out, and it's embarrassing. Conan, who also failed to stop the sad murder, says, Sometimes feelings get tangled together with deductions, forming a veil that hides the truth. Get this strange little scene where they're kind of like comforting each other, you know? You know, because we usually see them chasing after each other, two different sides of like the law. And uh, to see them kind of have this respect and admitting that they both failed here and they let a murder happen, uh, it was kind of interesting. Yeah, they're, like, establishing this common ground between the two of them that, like, ultimately, you know, they're quote-unquote enemies, the detective and the thief, but they do have this sort of um, respect for human life, and, like, if it were in their power, then they would have prevented or tried to prevent this murder from happening. Wait, so are these two legit, like, rivals? I would say so, yeah, yeah, because they kind of match each other's wits, too. Okay, because I literally only have seen that one other thing with Kaido Kid, so I didn't know if, like, they eventually became more buddy-buddy or, like, what their really long-term relationship was like. So Kaido knows... I, I think this is only his yeah. second yeah. appearance, right? Um. So you haven't missed anything. Yeah, but you guys are both saying, though, that, like... Yeah, yeah, I know. So Kaido knows... I don't know if he knows it yet, but he knows that Conan is Shinichi, but I don't think that's true the other way around. I don't think Conan knows... Kaido Kid's true identity. Is that right, Tyler? Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go with that. Kid tries to cheer up Conan, saying that he's no detective, and Conan is half dead with a cold. He bids him farewell, saying that the bell announcing the end of the century has yet to ring, and then flies off on his glider after using a smoke bomb. The next morning, Kokoro and Meguri arrive in a police helicopter. Tanaka willingly gives herself up, and the case is over. However, Sonika was heartbroken that she missed Kaido Kid. And she dragged Ron and Ken into a karaoke box where she sang for four hours. Poor Sonica, really dealing with this heartbreak. She must have sang that whatever song Colleen <laughs> tried to sing that she can't remember no, the name of. No, it's Magic by Pilot. I looked up the lyrics. Seems like it's 
It's that song. I'm not going to try and play it again. Three days later, Sonica tells Ron that she found another great guy on the internet and that she joined a bonsai club. So she's sure that he's a sensitive man. I'm sure this will work out. <laughs> and Sonico eventually gets her gets her guy. Woohoo! Yeah, you'll find out later, Cal. Uh, so what do you think about this three-parter overall? I mean, I do agree with you that the third part is kind of a bit weaker because it really is just one super long explanation. There's not much that really happens. It goes straight to the explanation a couple minutes into it. These these aren't the most exciting tricks to figure out, really. It's just a lot of string and <laughs> shit. It's not as exciting as some other murder methods. So I, I definitely get where it's this is kind of an underwhelming end. But I think the Kaido Kid stuff really boosts the final episode in terms of excitement. I think that's a really great twist. It brings like three episodes together. Um, so I, I still enjoyed all three episodes, uh, even if... The pacing uh, wound up being a little off, and this probably could have been condensed into a two-parter without losing all that much. Maybe less string talk, which I would have been fine with losing. Um, but what do you think, Kyle? Yeah, um, <clears throat> like I was saying before, like uh, the trio of episodes did feel a little bit underwhelming. Like it felt like the first episode was setting up something pretty interesting. Uh, the second episode lost a lot of steam for me. The third episode, obviously, just being the explanation was just like sort of boring but i think all in all in regards to the mystery itself is probably the most disappointing aspect of it uh not just because it was just like overly convoluted but like the ways in which conan deduced it were really boring too uh like i didn't like that it wasn't like based in some sort of character dynamic or anything like that um really i think the thing that propelled me throughout the whole trio of episodes was just the fact that kaido kid was there because like even though i didn't know it uh, the the relationship between, I guess, Ketsuki and everybody else was sort of, I think, uh, the most intriguing thing. Like, you knew that something weird was going on, and the episode played with, you know, who may be responsible for the murder, uh, and eventually having the reveal be that Katsuki was acting strange because he was Kaido Kid. Like, that was really the selling point here, and I think that was also... Yeah, that that whole time, I was just thinking he was acting strange because he was a male nurse. <laughs> Merces have rights. Colleen, your thoughts? Um, so yeah, I, I agree with what you what you guys are saying. I feel like the trick um might have been underwhelming just because we couldn't really follow along with it. Like, uh, I don't like it. It seemed like it was just um thrown at us. Like, oh, by the way, there was string involved in um and a bowgun and things. So it was like these random items and uh like. We couldn't really deduce the mystery along with Conan. We're just sort of along for the ride and not active participants. Um, So that might have not been a really fun aspect for some viewers. Um, What I will say about Kaido Kid's appearance in this episode for me, uh, the first time watching it, it wasn't very enjoyable just because I didn't know that Kaido Kid was involved in this at all. And the fact that he shows up at the end it felt a little uh like i wasn't expecting it and i didn't i wasn't satisfied by it either cuz it'd be different if they foreshadowed it uh, a little bit better or a little bit more exaggerated about kaido kid but uh the fact that he just comes out of like it felt like it was out of nowhere the first time i watched it and uh, that kind of disappointed me because like you essentially have Kaido Kid for three episodes. You don't get him that often. Like fans of Kaido Kid want to see him and want to see him do cool things. And you basically get his, you know, masked persona self. And then at the very end, he shows up. 
So I'll have to. That's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, I that, that was my first take of it. I just wasn't satisfied with this being a Kaido Kid episode. Like, I felt cheated. Second time watching it around, though, knowing that he's in it, it's a lot more satisfying because you get to pick up on the little mannerisms that Katsuki has, and you think, oh, he's doing that because he's Kaido Kid. Just to rebuff you a bit, um, like, this is only, only the second time Kaido Kid's ever appeared. So, I mean, I feel like, if anything, they're just establishing a different type of Kaido Kid episode. It's not like, sure, it's not like the one-hour special where... We saw him, like, trying to do a heist, but, you know, it's shown that there's more to the character than just heist. You know, he has personal interests. I thought this humanized him as as a character a lot more than the thief stuff did. Because we have that part with him at the Conan at, at the very end, and we get to see that he has interests and he's not just somebody, you know, stealing gems for whatever reason and poorly doing it according to Kyle <laughs> but um you know there's more to him than that so I don't really have an issue with that uh you are very correct that we won't see him for a while so this was the last episode of season five we don't see him until season nine so we have quite a few episodes until Kaido Kid comes back he doesn't appear again uh, for quite some time here I was just gonna say he's in the next movie so we do see him sooner rather than later if we're following like the whatever watch order. But uh, yeah, like it's it's a little disappointing how um, how many um, like how long of a break we have until the next time we see him. Speaking of the movie, they kind of throw in a line that references the movie real quick because he's like yeah. he says that the bell announcing the end of the century is yet to ring, and then the movie is called "The Last Wizard of the Century." That's that cute. Tied in with that, but like I, I do agree with what Colleen's saying though, because like from an audience perspective, especially somebody who didn't know the twist was coming, like this did not feel like a Kaido Kid episode, and like I wouldn't like and unless I rewatched it and had the experience you were talking about, where like you can pick up on the mannerisms and stuff like that, I can totally understand. But like just from watching it just now, like it didn't feel like I watched a Kaido Kid three parter. It felt like I watched like a pretty underwhelming. Conan three-parter that Kaido Kid turned up in at the very end. Well, personally, I kind of like the uncertainty. I like that you don't always know if he'll appear. You know, you never know when he'll appear. It could just be a random damn case, and then Kaido Kid pops up. Sure, you because a lot of the time he'll announce his stuff beforehand, you know, when he's doing the, the crimes, but, you know, he's always about. I think that makes him a lot more interesting long-term, and that you can do a lot more with the character uh, if because he's just willing to go that deep in the character and be a method actor, he's like Jared Leto, you know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like it. Is that why you hate him? Is that why you hate him, Kyle? Because he's like the Jared Leto of cool guys. <laughs> yep, that's why. Because he's the Jared Leto of cool guys. What does that mean? <laughs> does, that, does that mean he's he's like way lamer than all the cool guys, or does that mean he's like no Jared Leto's rules, dude? Have you listened to the Kill lately? Great oh, song. God. Have you listened to It's Magic by Pilot? Really harping that song. <laughs> All right. Uh, next kind of intent is Trash Pickup Day and Crows. So you got to tune in next week um, as we'll be covering the Disappearing Weapons Search Case. And we'll also be watching Gisho Oyama's Play It Again. That's the second time I've advertised that because I forgot about Baby Shinichi. But this time we're actually going to watch this episode. So be on the lookout for Play It Again. Uh, so Kyle, thanks for showing up for once. I was here. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed you'll be here next week colleen thank you for yep. showing up i might not be here next week oh really no i'm kidding wow <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you can support the podcast by leaving a review on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts or by uh, hitting us up on Twitter at case underscore reopened. We appreciate all the love from the listeners. You guys have been great. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails.